So today I have a very, very special guest joining us for the Pay Me Semi podcast. Uh, a dear friend, like somebody I that us consider family. Um, just, I can't even, <laughs> I can't, I could take this whole episode to hype you up. <laughs> like, oh my God. A person I love so, so much, like more than words can describe. Um, an artist, a dancer, a bad bitch. <laughs> like, what, what, I mean, a filmmaker, what doesn't he do? <laughs> I could say the same about you, Amber. <laughs> None other than Jorge Ramos, aka Tito, aka the baddest bitch in Raleigh in the triangle. (laughs) We few and far between. Nah, nah, we got some, we got some bad bitches. We got some bad bitches. True. Um, is there anything you would like the people to know about you? Um any anything I left out of your introduction? Um No, just also somebody that love Amber Delgado very much (laughs) and looks up to her and all the dope ass amazing work um, that they do put out, like put their heart, love, energy, intention. I I see. Thank you. Thanks for for, uh, having me. Um, Yeah. I've been wanting this to happen for a minute. (laughs) I'm so hyped about it. Um, So the way this works, I never prepare questions. (laughs) Okay. I just be having conversations with people that I care about um, because I don't know, like we know each other. Like what's the point of like structuring questions? You know, I just, I want this whole project to be more of a conversation vibe anyway. So, and then, you know, I do be editing these. So if, if, mm. you, say, <laughs> if you say something that you don't want out there, we can take it out. Something goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to start out, how have you been doing? The last time I saw you was in May at Tete's house, at Tete's new house. Yeah. <laughs> and we watched, we watched that movie. <laughs> I forgot. Which one was it? Oh, Igor. We fucking watched <laughs> Igor. That shit was like genuinely like poignant in its <laughs> but it was it was a little rough. Um, yeah. but I have fun. I have fun. That was such a cute thing. <laughs> like everything about that was cute. I hadn't seen y'all in a minute, and then we just watched this. <laughs> Mm. And you put that, that cute photo of me and Tay Tay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was cute. But how have you been since then? How was your oh wait, we told we talked about your birthday, but how how's your summer been? Um it's been interesting. Not not what I necessarily saw for it, but I was I'm never one to look ahead or plan ahead a lot. Um so I I mean I built a whole house or I helped my uncle build a whole house, which is uh cool. Yeah, like 
it was a process that I I knew but wasn't that familiar with on that to on that level um but that was kind of fun I feel like it kind of like woke not woke me up but I this whole summer been kind of like it's been a little rough. It's been a little rough. There's a there's a lot going on personally, interpersonally, in the world, as we know. Um, so, but like, you know, like working with my hands and like working all day and shit and just seeing like what my people have to go through every single day, like that shit definitely like it just reminded me why the work that I was doing before was so important mm-hmm. and why no matter what I do, like it will never escape me and I will never not see it mm-hmm. in the world and in the lives of the people that I love and that kind of stuff. So also it was just fucking rough. Like, damn, like that shit was fucking like, and oh my God, working for like rich like white people or like just like homeowners and stuff is like the weirdest mm-hmm. our dynamic the things that I like witnessed and like heard and it was just kind of like it won't cute but you know uh-huh. yeah I don't know but um I've things have been happening in my life that I can't necessarily control as well but also like good things. So like I did um, get a recent like gig or like uh, volunteer job um, working for a nonprofit um, again. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've been kind of starting that and it's been an interesting process. What? Can we Can we back up a little bit and like, share as much as you're comfortable with but like for listeners um share kind of like your origin story <laughs> okay the come up yes <laughs> um no I'm just saying uh I'm 24 so I've been around relatively not that long but um the time that I have been here um I was born in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, and I came to the United States when I was six. Um, I was told I was coming on vacation. Uh, <laughs> and then we just never came back. Um, I'm sure there was, they had their reasons. Um, and that was the whole process. Um, but we got here and we've been in North Carolina. Um, since 2003 um and i mean i i basically i always claim the south because i was born and raised i mean i literally just said i was my bad i was (laughs) i was raised in the south um for a lot of my life and a lot of that kind of helped shape like who i am today like the way i speak um things i say and things i like um Anna Raleigh, I will claim Raleigh to the day I fucking die. Like, bitches love trying to shit on Raleigh. I don't give a fuck. Like, maybe y'all had a bad experience with it, but it was cute in the South. South Raleigh is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Horseshoe Drive, 
Yes. You know, that's that's the cookout. Um, the cookouts. <laughs> yes, the cookouts. It, you know, like um I'm I was also like, so I've always been, you know, very like I never felt left out of the community or whatever, but at the same time, I I was like gay as fuck. So <laughs> like, but I didn't know that. So like, I thought I was just weird and shit. And like, I was still like, I know how to talk to people. So I was fine. I was never like bullied, luckily. I mean, not like really, like, yeah, people talk shit, but so did I like, or at least like, you know, um, but I don't know there's I don't know there's like a, I don't really know like well yeah so let's I I'm so happy we talk about on the podcast a lot we talk about the South and like how formative the South is to mm. um Kofi and I and and just so much of the world <laughs> I feel like so I'm happy that you rep it because that always makes me happy especially when like people of color claim the South because it it disrupts this narrative of like how there's only one South and that is like the way the lens um like when in which whiteness sees the South but there's like so many different versions of the South outside of like whiteness <laughs> um so let's I want to talk about like there's so many interesting things I want to talk about here but particularly like that moment of like like not I guess like coming out to yourself even though it's you know mm -hmm. it's not really that but it's just like that recognition of who you are fully and then where did you go with that like how did you proceed and what are all of the factors that made you hesitant to like live that yeah so I mean with this I don't feel scared to be honest about it <laughs> but um I feel like and obviously like I'm I'm a true firm believer that like sexuality is fluid and also that we are born this way like I can't fucking help it it is what it is y'all caught up on some goofy shit <laughs> fuck out like there's there's like lots of actual issues we could be dealing with y'all motherfuckers wasting time talking about some shit that don't concern you um and genuinely just because they'd be envious of the fact that they not as brighting or shining as bright as queer people do because they just fucking whack um but anyways i digress um i guess i i was sexually assaulted as a child um while I lived in Mexico um, by somebody in the family. Um, I don't even remember who per se, and I don't even really care, but it happened. Um, and it was a weird ass like thing that happened in my life I can't control. And I didn't really even think about it. I just started there because like, even though I didn't, I wasn't genuinely aware of like what happened or like, that it was bad or like, you know, like it just happened. But later in life, like, you know, like I became like um, 
politically involved like at a young age. So I started being like exposed to like movement spaces and like different conversations about around identity and around all sorts of things and around like Latinidad and around being like uh, an immigrant and being undocumented and like being queer and like stuff like that. Um, but I, you know, like I still wasn't necessarily like sure within myself, like what was up. It was just like the little things like I just people would talk about like girls and stuff and I just be like yeah she cute like <laughs> I like did y'all see her hair like that shit was like you know like I'd appreciate them but like in a genuine way but it's like I there would never be that extra thing and I just like assumed like it would just come eventually but like I just I don't know so like part of me like wasn't sure but then I started like thinking about some of my friends my guy friends in a certain way and I was like hmm. but I was like no <laughs> like it would happen and then I'd be like nah that's not I'm being goofy um and just like try to like suppress and not think about it but I feel like that started coming up in and of itself like and sort of like me resenting a lot of things and me like just not being like happy or feeling like I could genuinely express myself as somebody that was like felt like they were ugly growing up like skinny like you know didn't have a lot of money like just kind of like this weird kid whatever like I didn't know I was me um then I guess yeah um but where where was I going I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I just well okay so I think I was getting at like yeah what were the factors that like made you feel maybe like scared to like lean in or hesitant to lean into your queerness and then like how did you eventually move past that yeah so I mean I feel like that's I could talk about that for like years Mm -hmm. uh and I do and I hate and like, and people might say this controversial or whatever, like I'd be saying I hate straight people all the time. And it's not really me like actually hating straight people because they all over, you know, like I can't escape y'all hoes. Um, <laughs> like it's like, yeah, they, I don't know. Wait, my bad. Can you repeat your question? Oh, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, what were the factors that kind of made you feel like- Yes, uh, homophobia um <laughs> like just really like plain and simple normativity mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. any couple I've ever seen or like talked about or anybody gave a fuck about or asked a question about was a straight one or was a like you know a Catholic Christian one or something like I I don't know it was just like my parents were never really religious um but like culturally like a lot of like the traditions of like uh just like Mexican culture like revolve around the Catholic Church like whether or not like we want that to be like through colonization and through all these things that have happened throughout history like that's just the way it is like um and I fucking love it like I don't really I'm not a Christian I'm not a Catholic I was I grew up Catholic but like I don't believe in that shit that's some white shit like I mean like you know, some people yeah. believe in it and I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna like disrespect you. Like I, 
I respect everybody's ability to believe in their faith and everything, but I also believe in my ability to exist and like do whatever the fuck I want while I'm here. Um, based on whatever the fuck you believe in or not. Like you don't see me down your fucking throat doing some goofy sh- you know, like I just be minding my fucking business. So mm-hmm. like you can do the same. But anyways, like just in conversation, like just the microaggressions, like every single day, nobody's outright saying they hate people and that they want them to die and that they shouldn't exist or that they're going to hell or whatever. Like some some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily I wasn't around that extreme of like, you know, language or whatever, but like it, it would happen sometimes and like still like just little shit, like people hating on just things that they didn't understand. Um, and like now I'm thinking about it, like sometimes they, they themselves was probably queer and they was participating. Um, and I don't know. It just, it felt a lot deeper than it was then. And it is to a lot of people because it still affects, people are still being murdered on a daily basis. Like black, like trans women are like killed, like in like horrible numbers um, every single year. Like, um, like there's a lot of countries where it's still fucking criminalized to be fucking, just, just be fucking gay or be like, anything that's not like what they want you to be and that shit just stupid because we just suppressing like literal human instinct like bro queer people been around since like the beginning of time like we didn't just scurry out of hole in the 70s like we've been here for a minute um and I feel like we've contributed probably some of the greatest like cultural feats of like all time and shit and like nobody acknowledges it and stuff um i don't know just homophobia it's just fucking (laughs) whack and it permeates all like all levels of our society like everywhere you look and maybe now it may seem hard especially for like people that are more like leaning towards uh, like the left or just more progressive like ideals and values or whatever it's like even there it's like we still got a bunch of like homophobia and shit um Mm -hmm. and like yeah I don't know it's um it's been an interesting thing to navigate um but I'm I'm making it work you know yeah and you you kind of touched on this um before of like being introduced to organizing spaces and rally like helped you kind of feel more comfortable with yourself but were there like other spaces specifically in the south that helped you just be like bitch on me like (laughs) um hmm. there's definitely like a few but one that definitely like immediately comes to mind is um like a folk school in Tennessee called Highlander Research and Education Center um but they've been doing like cultural organizing stuff since like the 1930s um like throughout Appalachia and stuff like doing things against like all sorts of shit from like segregation to like um like uh, environmental like destruction and shit um that affected like poor communities there um and like all sorts of stuff but 
essentially when I was like maybe like 15 I went to like a camp called Seeds of Fire um and it was like a really like life-changing experience because I was able to meet like people from all throughout the south that were also young people doing work in their communities um and like a lot of similar as like like themes and like things that like we hadn't realized things that we thought were just affecting us like we realized it's like no this is obviously clearly a lot bigger and there's already like so much work being done um and it was also just in a you know beautiful ass environment um and stuff but I mean I uh, along with this like amazing like privilege and opportunity I had to like be a part of that like uh I I think that was the first time I like met somebody that was like openly queer and was just like it was everybody was cool with it the space was set up so that it wasn't fucking weird like from the beginning it was like it was like a thing and like I know it's not that deep now and that's how life should be but like to me like coming from like the background I did and just like the environment like like that shit was like unheard of and shit and like just seeing that person exist like I have so much respect for them but also like just like their ability to be themselves like inspired me to like feel like I could also be myself mm. um and it was like in that and like through other things that like I started to like you know just become more like aware like learning about things like gender sexual orientation the difference between like um gender identity and like um sexual orientation and like just you know just different things like um and just getting a more complex understanding of life and just people and like not this like whack-ass binary like ass like black and white ass like yeah. is it at old two cent ass so like <laughs> three minutes to come up with like yeah. like it was it's just like I actually got a rich ass like understanding of like one what could life be but also what life already is and like mm -hmm. the fact that there was something on the wall that just talked about like queer great queer people throughout history and it was just a bunch of already known people that I knew that have contributed great things to civilization humanity whatever and I was like bro they was they was gay the whole time like <laughs> It all the time. I'm like, bro, that makes sense. I'm like, they be saying shit like they died old with their best friend and something. So I'm like, bro, that, that wasn't their friend. It was more than friends, bitch. Like, there was like letters and shit. Like, there was, we always found a way to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I so appreciate you saying that. And I also just want to like pause for a moment and like really uplift you and not even on some like you're my friend I'm hyping you shit but on some real shit that like you you are you are that person that you needed to other people as well too and it's not even about like I'm, I'm sure definitely like younger people in your life but like somebody who's older than you me <laughs> like you are that person for me to see you be unapologetically yourself like you inspire me in the way that that person inspired you so I just want to like really hold that up and like thank you for, <laughs> for that <laughs> okay. oh, wow. 
Um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna keep tearing up. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> hey, it's okay to cry. Um, but yeah, so you're so right. Like, especially history be queer as fuck. <laughs> history be queer as fuck. And like, you know, the powers of be try to like mask that as like friendship or like mm. oh they <laughs> they sometimes dress differently, but <laughs> they're like they dressed as a man their whole life, but it was just because I'm like bro I'm I'm sure they had a reason like yeah. but we just don't talk about it. It's just like a quirk. Right. Or some shit, yeah. you know, like that's what be pissing me off. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I also, in speaking of spaces, like I also want to know your thoughts about like club spaces and and like how has like dancing, like moving <laughs> your body in crowds, been liberatory and like how how has that like impacted you over time you think just like their existence like like queer spaces in general or just clubs like queer clubs (laughs) okay well one I don't know why this is and maybe it's a weird thing and I know the state legislators always play a role or city ordinances I don't know whenever there's alcohol served they be doing things but um for whatever reason, the queer spaces in the city where I live, most of them like where you could be 18 and get in and still like, you you wouldn't need to be 21. It was like 18 and up. You could still like go and have a good time. I mean, you have the little ugly ass black exes, but you know, that, that never stopped nobody. Right. Um, <laughs> so like that was always a thing so it's like one as somebody that always genuinely loved to dance like since I was like a little kid like without any knowledge of why or just I just knew that that shit was fun and that shit lit and I just be having a good time and that should be like cathartic and like I don't know it's just it's fun like I, I feel alive um but like anyway like as soon as I could go to the club I was like wish I'm gonna go and like I started going like all the fucking time like when I got to a point where like I guess I was old enough to drive and you know we figured all that funky shit out and somehow I was able to get a driver's license luckily um but yeah I would just go to the club like all the time and that's just really where I started like learning and appreciating the value of stunting all hoes and of just like just having a good ass time at the club like and also the fact is the fact of the matter and it's sad is that the only real queer spaces outside of like maybe like the few unique ones that you know we create for ourselves like are just like gay clubs and not even like queer clubs or lgbtq or like lesbian, you know, like it'd be gay clubs. And they usually, uh, they usually um, cater to a certain audience. It ain't mine. Um, And it ain't a lot of ours. (laughs) Um, And like, 
you know, I do work at certain clubs, so I want to, like, you know, say no, you know, like, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Still go to Legends. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, go to Legends. Um, like, you know, it, it just, it wasn't necessarily very diverse, and it, it never felt, like, culturally rich, in a sense, until I found out about Casa, which was we one of the best like gay latino clubs i've ever been to in my life and just like literally like a few at least around here that exist um but it was just like being able to see my own people like being free and expressing themselves without having to think about it every five seconds without having to micro analyze like how you're going to be perceived in every moment like they're just having a good time and like like loving on each other and fucking dancing and just like experiencing joy and like living like without like a fucking gaze or all that stupid shit like I've just always I love those spaces because of that and I know that like some people have issues with them because they say like they're hypersexualized or they're just very like drug and alcohol like driven or that's kind of like the only space where like gay people can exist which is valid but I don't know if the criticism and it can still be towards like the spaces like we should still always be working to improve them but it's still like it should be towards the conditions that made this shit exist in the first place like Mm -hmm. why can't I hold somebody's hand in public yeah like why do I have to walk a certain way or stand a certain way or appear a certain degree of masculine Mm -hmm. to be able to feel comfortable in my fucking city like you know like right that's the problem right um but it's like it just so happened you know like yeah you know people do like sex and that that's okay like we demonize it already so hard like we be trying to demonize ourselves I'm like bro y'all tripping on some shit you know things people got to work throughout through a lot of stuff and that should be like internalized and you know like it's trauma like it's shit that they didn't do but it's still like just because you don't want to, like, don't mean I don't. So, <laughs> shut the fuck out, like. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Ooh, that's a word. Yeah, I mean, so much. That's so perfectly put. I mean, like, what are the conditions that made this the space, you know? Mm-hmm. And people don't want to reckon with that. They just want to be like oh, this space isn't good enough <laughs> for these reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, and sometimes there's valid reasons to like boycott or to like not fuck with a space. Right. If they're doing shit that like harms the community or isn't benefiting, mm-hmm. like that's valid. But right. if you're just mad because bitch is drunk and like trying to grind on the dance floor. Yeah, like, yeah, go somewhere else, baby. Go to the right. coffee shop. Go to the coffee shop. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> God, there's all sorts of spaces, man. Like, you don't gotta be. Like, you know. Coffee shop. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna go, you wanna read poetry at the coffee shop, like. And I love poetry, like you know, but it's there's there's different spaces for different things, so. <laughs> um. So when when would you say you 
And I, and I also, I want to take my time with this because I also really want to highlight, this is like mad important for me to get out in this episode of like the lack of like choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really want to highlight that like you didn't like pick up activism because it was like a fun activity. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had some free Saturday. <laughs> but yeah. Right. Like I just I really want to like build the connection between like your lived experience like in in this uh violent ass um state the United States how that has like led to your existence and organizing um and how did that unfold more so not that it was like again (laughs) really much of an uh, option you know within that but you get what I'm saying (laughs) no I think and you know and maybe this just speaks to like like the first space I was exposed to, which was with an organization in Raleigh called El Pueblo. Um, it's an immigrant rights organization that I've been with since I was like 13 or something. Um, but like what really drew me, and it was really truly the connections I, I made with the people there, but it was like that I felt seen for the first time as myself. And it was like, okay, and it wasn't just like an afterthought it was like a genuine like appreciation and like like uh, elevation or not elevation but just kind of like I think what really drew me to organizing was my lack of self-esteem and like love that I had for myself mm-hmm. and I think like I came to like realize that that wasn't because of me mm. like I didn't just hate myself. I didn't just grow up hating myself. And like those around me, like, yeah, we have our things, but like, that's not what they wanted for me either. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, my family just genuinely wanted me to live an okay life, you know, like, and have a chance and have opportunities. Um, So it's like, there's, it just like, I just didn't feel seen in a lot of ways. And I felt inferior in a lot of ways. And like, I didn't even know that, like, I just like would compare myself to like my peers in school and see like the things that like they had or did or like, you know, just shit like that. Um, Not even in an envious way, but just kind of as like, damn, like I, we doing something wrong or so, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, but just like starting to like see like internalized hatred from like all the media that I'm consuming, like always hearing like the bad things about like Latinos and Mexicans and just all the horrible, goofy ass, like um, unoriginal ass ways that they have to like demonize us, criminalize us, like psychologically manipulate like mass groups of people into like thinking things and, you know, um, being gay, like that was always a thing, like being like, low income, first generation, like, and also just somebody that like 
just like to learn like things um I don't know it just kind of clicked and like I just started caring because I cared about myself and I cared about those around me and like I knew that shit didn't have to be this way like one thing that always helped me like growing up was like reading books because I could kind of escape um or like the something about fiction is so powerful because it it bridges like or it like makes connections that like we don't really see and it like does it in a way that's like very like interesting and like I felt like I know that the world and things never didn't have to be this way and like I didn't want them to be and I know that like we're worth so much more um and like it's just like it's just not okay like um and I think that's just the the biggest thing so you know the deeper I just got into it the more like I just see in every facet of our lives like how structural inequality how racism how capitalism how like the legacy of like colonialism and imperialism have like shaped every single like aspect of our lives and like the way that we perceive the world the way we move about it or can't move about it mm -hmm. like it's just like yeah I can't once once you once you get that lens like you can't let it go mm -hmm. and if you do like I don't know it's gonna fuck you up somewhere along the way <laughs> or if, if if that doesn't the system will the system will like right. it's gonna come after you so it's like it's either we just let other bitches make decisions for our lives or we take control and do it ourselves and I was just tired of other people telling me what the fuck I can and can't do um and you know I only have one life YOLO mm -hmm. shout out young money like <laughs> like I I ain't just gonna waste it being oppressed the whole time like because y'all want me to like uh, no come and on. like I ain't gonna let y'all do that to my homies and shit so mm -hmm. yeah I really appreciate what you said at the beginning uh in talking about Oplable and like feeling seen in that way and I've been thinking about that a lot I've been thinking about that shit a lot a lot a lot lately especially like where I'm at and and just responses you know especially after last summer uh, and how neoliberalism uh really like <clears throat> um incentivized like this fake solidarity that is happening mm -hmm. a lot lately but but there's like there's something about um there's something like solidarity to me is a verb of course and in acting like treating people in your life with that you know sense of not sense of urgency but like moving with that awareness and to move with that awareness like requires care you know what i'm saying and <clears throat> and there's a lot of motherfuckers out here that do not be doing that 
you know it's like so how you tell me you read all these fucking books and then you're treating me like a regular ass person and you're out here commenting each other yeah 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 and it's like I don't I don't want special treatment but I do think you have to move differently with me if you want to be in my life like it requires if you know if you know what I go through that requires some like re rearrangement of our relationship dynamic and I think that not happening is like disrespectful and not a full mm. recognition recognize recognizing like the conditions in which I live like you're ignoring it if you're acting a certain way towards me you know if you're not living care towards me and you know that my life is in danger at all times then you don't really care <laughs> it'd be like hashtag yeah yeah <laughs> no but yeah you know you like as fuck that shit you see it all the time and it's like and just interacting with just like white people mm -hmm. like that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah it's like you just can't it's like no matter what you do or say or what they learn or, i mean and obviously like people are very nuanced people are complex they are products of their environment and obviously i know there's white people in my life that i genuinely respect and are actually doing shit for us and like have an understanding or whatever but a lot of time baby girl that's not the case and mm -hmm. like a lot of times we just end up having to do all the emotional labor of the conversation right and like and it, and that's the thing is like y'all so stuck right. on that conversation or that theory or proving to me that you're not racist or that you're not a part of the problem that like you out here making me talk about shit that i've talked about all the fucking time and don't actually want to talk about um and just to like prove or smooth your ego or pet it or whatever and like, and even if they are cool or if they have good intentions or whatever, it's like, it's, a, it's exhausting. Um, but then it's like, but then they, they'll sit there and like not do anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, did you vote? And they'd be like, I don't believe in voting. I'll be like, well, you fucking part of the fucking problem. Like, and I know voting not gonna save us. I'm not that person, right. but I'm just saying like any, any genuine concrete action that they could take or like they'll say they'll ride or die for you. They'll throw shit out like I'll marry you for mm -hmm. papers or you or you things like that or just like be like what like if shit really pop off like we got your back right. But then when shit heat up, can't find them. <laughs> you know, now where do yeah shit heating up like damn like can you sponsor me for something mm -hmm. or can you write this letter for me or can you like whatever anything that implicate them they'd be like. Sorry. I don't know about that one when, when we have the most to lose and they have the most like power in that situation it's just like so yeah. frustrating it really fucking is it really is that's that's the wild part is like just the fact that that isn't even seen you know what i'm saying like that's the most harmful shit is that they don't even recognize a lot of the time that like you're perpetuating harm by fronting with me. You know what I'm saying? You front and that you with me and then I'm a re rely on you for some shit and then you know where to be found. Like I, that's, that's, that's uh, just be straight with me, you know? Like just be straight up. Like don't, don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like we, have to, we could literally talk about some like 
a movie or like you know like but fuck talk about like the cheddar bay biscuits have fucking red lobster like I, i'll talk to you about anything it's just like when you go there with me it's like why or like not why but it's like you have to be like not just doing it just you know like right right i mean also, it's performative it's performative and it comes down to like a lack of commitment and this this is what like always is on my mind is that because this world is designed for white people like the commitment is always going to be optional. You know what I'm saying? If you have a safety net, like what's she gonna be all in for all the time? There's no, there's no nothing, there's no fire there. Shout out to my ex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. It's hard, it's hard. And like, <clears throat> even because I feel like I haven't gotten this critique from anybody yet, but I'm sure people who listen to the podcast maybe have like critiques of not including class enough in discussion with mm-hmm. when I talk about whiteness. But I mean, it's just like, it's, there's still power there regardless of class, you know what I'm saying? And like, a lot of white people don't want to reckon with that either. <laughs> <laughs> like and it's like y'all don't even want to recognize our basic humanity yeah so let's take a step back and what are we prioritizing here is like yeah make a lot of space for that and it's like if you care about white issues baby girl become a poor people's rights advocate like and go off you know like right because it's true like class is a big ass thing but it's like at the end of the day who's getting hurt most by this capitalistic system whose bones is it crushing on or eight on its way to like even exists like it was like black and brown people's okay yeah (laughs) so it's like i know that like poor white people got hurt along the way and that's just how we know that capitalism doesn't fucking work and it it doesn't it's not here to benefit like the whole it's here to benefit the like few elite the one percent the rich Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um so it's like we can't you want to go into them conversations like we can, but it's like this is your podcast, and you could talk about whatever the <laughs> fuck you want to talk about. So, they want to listen to that. Go listen to NPR, baby girl. Like, you got plenty of material over there. Like, you know, like this is not what you're doing. That's not what this is for. Right. Like, I'm yeah. I'm not kidding. That's gonna be like a soundbite promo. <laughs> <laughs> go listen to NPR baby <laughs> that's not what we're doing here yeah no it's not like I like that exists but this yeah. is something else it, it really is and I oh I so appreciate you saying that and affirming me in that because um one of the reasons I'm still wanting to do this is because I I feel like I'm having conversations with people and I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I feel like I'm having conversations with a lot of people that I don't hear in podcasts that I listen to. But yeah, so going off of that, like going off of, I mean, I think this is a great segue to talk about the present in, in your current job, um, working in construction and, and, you know, um, your, your dad working in construction as well. And like, 
just and then oh my gosh like the labor conditions for Latinx people working in various industries across the state of North Carolina and how particularly like all the shit that is happening within that and that has historically been happening and I don't know so let's just let's just get into all of that now and how like you were mentioning in the beginning could you kind of go a little bit more into how your organizing background has like impacted the way like the way you're seeing all of these things unfold in that work Mm. it's so so many so many things that Mm. are like a part of that but um one thing I really want to lift up is the fact that like, yes, I, I did work in framing like for like a solid month and it was intense and it was hard, but it's like, I, once I got another job, like I was able to, you know, due to like my own privileges, like be able to like, and I won't say escape that because it is like craftsmanship. It's art. It's Mm -hmm. like, like, I want to lift that up. Like, it's just hard ass work. And it's like, not necessarily what I saw, I envisioned for myself and that's okay. Like, um, but it's like the people that do that shit every single day, like my fucking dad, my, my uncles and aunts, like just like people in my life, like they do that shit every single day and they don't really have a say or an option in it. Like, it's either like that or something else that'll probably be equally as like strenuous like on their body mind spirit Mm. like and won't pay them that much like Mm. yes like people can make good money and people do like um but it's like it's really not what they they deserve to be paid and like there's no benefits Mm -hmm. there's no workers protection there's no time off there's no like vacation. It's all really, you're just at the hands of the person above you and whatever they decide like is good for you or whatever. And it's like the working conditions are like hard, like just arduous, like whatever, the, whatever the weather, whatever, if it's fucking hundred degrees or 30 <laughs> degrees and you can't feel your fingers, like they still want that house built. They still want that deck up. They still want them stairs to the second floor and they're gonna make people do it um there's like that demand and this plays a lot into and something I've been meaning and wanting to talk to you about curated tolerance Mm -hmm. and gentrification it's like who are the people that are building all these buildings Mm -hmm. it's not the bitches that live in them I'll tell you that they had nothing to do with it they just fucking put the money down after running whoever the fuck was in there first uh, tearing it down and building a new house that was probably built by undocumented workers um, at some point of the way or probably most of the way um, and they don't get that recognition they're never going to live in that uh, $300,000 house um, and they're just going to go back to their, their trailer park or whatever their apartment complex or wherever they live in at their house, their home where they love their people they love and just fucking eat, take a shower, go to sleep and to do it again the next day. Like, that's just the reality for people. And it's like, yeah, people are like, well, working people do that all the time. It's like, yes, but it's like, we're still under the eye of like, 
they can't get a driver's license. They can't, they don't have access to a lot of things because the North Carolina legislature has been passing all sorts of like anti-immigrant legislation that further criminalizes people from just being able to do everyday fucking activities. Um, and it's just like, is this fucking like, it's fucked up. Um, and this is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Like, that's like one of the most metropolitan de developed areas in North Carolina. Like in rural North Carolina, if there's like little to no resources here, like there definitely ain't nothing over there. It's like just the people amongst themselves helping each other and maybe like, you know, some other, you know, thing, churches, shit like that. Um, but like chicken processing plant, hog processing plants, North Carolina is one of the biggest like distributors of like pork in the world. And it's like, who is making up most of them jobs? And it's like, what are the conditions for the people there? They're not good. They're not great. Um, and it's like, we're still being demonized. We're the primary workforce. And it all just serves to have an underclass of individuals made up of black and brown people with mixed status that like don't really have much of a say in their upward mobility, their ability to build wealth, their ability to have a say in like what it is they want to do with their life, where they want to live it, how they want to do it, like if they want to go to school or not, if they want to have, you know, like there's just so many decisions that are made for us that it's just like fucked up. And and you know, like if if that was the case, like whatever, somehow the division of labor was just like black and brown people like doing all this work, whatever, like, bro, pay us what we fucking worth. Give us some fucking like time off, bro. Like we deserve to fucking have leisure too. Like that's not just for white people. And like fucking like give us fucking credit and acknowledge our contributions. Like it's not that hard. Like if y'all gonna make it do all this shit, at least just say that. Mm -hmm. It is like don't fucking try to paint us in the fucking media and do y'all little like one two Alakazam shit and like get a bunch of like fucking white people angry as fuck for no reason about shit that we literally had nothing to do with um and just blank I don't know there's just it's a lot thank you so much but <laughs> yes yes to all of that all of that is so so important <laughs> to say aloud and I really appreciate you bringing those points up and I'm I I especially like I'm so wanting to talk about this invisibilization mm. that you're talking about. It's so wild. It's so wild, especially with gentrification, like you're saying. <clears throat> and, and also I, the fact, like you're saying, like this is creative work. And I, I'm just, uh, I'm thinking of like the connection. Wait, creative, creative work? Creative. Like you were oh. saying, like framing is creative. Like it's, you know, like that shit is an art. In that's skilled labor. Like yeah, yeah. But I think I think that there's a connection. There's a relationship between like invisibilizing and writing off people that do that labor, because that labor in itself is not valued or seen as as skilled. Like you're saying, it's just like we need buildings so of course people build them and and who who does that we don't really care as long as the building is there 
exactly and the wildest part is like i've worked inside like rich white people houses mm-hmm. and they'll see us and they'll be like they'll be trying to do they be trying to do dodgy shit like to avoid like the hoa or like shit mm-hmm. like that like they be going all sorts of around or whatever to get whatever it is that they want done however it is that they want it and like they're gonna do that and they're gonna see all these black and brown people slaving away inside their house and shit but they still gonna go probably to the ballot box mm-hmm. and whenever the fuck and vote for a country as white supremacist you know like mm-hmm. are still like we'll still see all of that work like literally like you couldn't exist in the space as you wanted to had it not been for any of this mm-hmm. um but you still be like damn them bitches lazy mm. or like how we lazy but we stealing all the jobs <laughs> like they're just these fucking counter as like narratives like they just contradictions everywhere right. fallacies everywhere like they just but they swear they so smart right they got a degree or some shit because they had the money to go to college like or and it not even just that but there's just so many like layers to it mm-hmm. um and it's yeah. annoying <laughs> yeah can you talk a little bit about like experiences with people like homeowners and like just like the interactions like do they even acknowledge you like sometimes or like maybe they'll do it one day, like the one time, and then it's like ever, ever the left, the, the rest of it, not really. And the yeah. thing is just the scope and size of a lot of these houses, they're so big that like they can still be living a whole life in one section of the house. Wow. While all this shit is going on somewhere else. So it's wow. like you're really just moving throughout the space, like carrying like, you know, like hundreds of pounds of material, like up and downstairs, like doing like shit like that. And they'll just be sitting there, like, living a life or whatever, doing work or feeding a kid. You know, like, everyday day shit. I don't blame them for it. Like, you want some shit done on your house? Like, that's cool. Like, but it's still, like, the fact that this is the power dynamic that right. is, and who the people in those roles are. Right. They're always the same. Right. And it's, it's usually not them going up and down the stairs. And if it is, it's the higher paid, more, like, technical jobs like electricians or fucking you know like I don't know stuff like that but the day like the just day laborers like they don't give a fuck about you like you just there um and they'll ask you to do shit sometimes or like that won't in the job description I mean I know they ain't contracts and name but sometimes but it's like or just like They'll have demand, like one time, like it was a Saturday afternoon, granted, like most, most like day laborers only get Sundays off, if that, and a lot of them still work on Sundays. Um, But it's like, it was a Saturday afternoon, maybe like five or something, five, almost six. And we had been building a fucking playroom for the upstairs part of this couple's house. and like, just cause they wanted one, like this was already like a half a mil type home type shit. It was huge. Like they had space, but they're like, you know what? You know them two closets right there? We want that to be stairs that go up to the third floor, the attic that was undeveloped, not have been done. Like it was just sheetrock. Like you could fall through that shit probably. Like, <laughs> like 
there like we want this done so then we started we had to cut into the whole like master bedroom cut into the ceiling like did this whole thing for like them to put the stairs up only for them to like come up and she was like that's too wide that's too that's too like like three days worth of work or something like along those lines and it's also again it's your house you paying for it like I understand but it was just like the way in which like things happened, it was just like always, well, one, like I knew of the power dynamic and so did they like, you know, like obviously they're not gonna like go against like the homeowner wishes and shit. Right. Um, but then it's like, whatever, that passed, we were up there putting down like roof or, or not uh, a floor on the undeveloped attic area. And it was pretty big and it was like a fucking oven up there. like. There was no like ventilation or anything. So it's like it and throughout the day, it just kept getting worse. So it was like, it's just like, it was just intense and intense as fuck. But it's like, they didn't give us no water. They didn't ask us nothing, like whatever. Like, okay, we bring our own water, whatever. But then like for them to me to go downstairs cause like the fucking uh, air generator, air compressor fucking like cut off. I had to go turn it on. And like they had their like audacity in my head. They were like, hey, are y'all still gonna build that closet uh in that room in the other room upstairs or something? And I was just like, I'm like, bro, it's five in the afternoon on a Saturday. We just built a whole roof. <laughs> we yeah. just, no, we just built a whole ceiling, like yeah, or a, a whole floor. My bad. We just built a whole fucking floor. Like that you didn't have. We had you have a whole new area in your house. And you worried about a fucking closet, bitch. Like how pertinent, how pressing. I'm like, these men, like, they have, they have lives too, bro. Like they have right. shit, bro. Like, bro, they they want to just fucking chill on a Saturday, bro. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just like they didn't, they don't see it that way, though. It's just like we just here to do a job and like that's it. They don't see us for like the lives that we like the people that we actually are, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just so used to getting shit done for them. It's like we just right I don't know yeah and I I really like what you said earlier about like like leisure isn't just for white people and then it's like that is like physically manifested through like landscapes of cities like through gentrification like all of this shit is for people who can afford it which is mostly white people and like all of these like amenities of gentrification like in different cities and it's (laughs) all of the like it's I feel like the physical space like affirms that leisure is only for white people and then that's also like really manifested through how laborers are treated like you're saying like just can't even conceive that they would have something to do on a Saturday evening. Like it's not even, it's a non-option. You know what I'm saying? Like a, your your existence is work. Mm, like that's, that's yeah. what they see. That's what they see. They're like, oh, this is all you, this is all you do. This is your entire life is, is to like build for me, you know? <laughs> to send turn me. around and to spit on me the next second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. I, that made me think of, and I don't know if I had told you this before, but it was just like 
how basically like I used to look at like you know just like rich or like upper middle class like suburban white people or just people in that in that class bracket mm-hmm. but there are some POCs in there right right um although we can talk about them but um <laughs> what's it called uh oh but I would just always be like yo their life is so well put together like they're mm-hmm. really just they're managing all these things like they're just they're so good at life like they're just so <laughs> good at like you know like being effortless with it and just like being able to be on the go and like do this more and have you know volunteer here and do this sport and you know like uh-huh all great uh-huh. um but then I'm like how do they have all the time like mm-hmm. where do they find it the energy like Mm-hmm. only for me to like later in life come to the realization I'm like yo it's because we do it everything for them we <laughs> clothes, we <laughs> sweeping up after yes we fucking yeah. building the the steps to your man cave or whatever the fuck you know like yeah doing all of that yeah like we trimming your fucking bushes bitch bitch Barbara them roses had nothing to do with you right that was the <laughs> gardener like you yes. know like all these things it's Come like y'all didn't do nothing y'all really Come didn't do nothing y'all just like put on the fucking tiara at the end and was like look at my life that <laughs> <laughs> i feel yeah, like, with the help of everybody <laughs> with the help of all these black and brown people but they're not gonna say that they're not gonna acknowledge that they had help and that's fucking the mythologizing of fucking capitalism Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can achieve the perfect American life. And it's like the perfect American life has like 30 workers behind it making that happen. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I totally relate to that. I felt that way when I was a kid and like having to go to prime time. Like when I was a kid, my mom was in nursing school and my dad was working crazy hours. So like, my parents just weren't around like that. And like, mm-hmm. I I went to prime time in elementary school, like after school care, like all this shit, like at public school, not no separate shit, like not no nanny, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at the school. Um, so I just remember being envious of kids whose like parents were super active. And carpool. Yeah, yeah, and like showing up to everything, you know what I'm saying? Like all the like school events and shit. And like Mm -hmm. my parents would never be there. And I'd be like, man, they don't care. And then in retrospect, it's like, yo, they had to work crazy fucking hours. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I'm like, my dad, I'm like, just because my ass want to stay at some goofy ass little sport event that I didn't like my dad could get pulled over and like that's it, you know, like yeah like that like y'all really yes. out here like yes exactly it's, it's a whole different reality exactly it's a whole different reality exactly and then growing up in this shit though we feel like we're inadequate and it's like mm. there are there are structures that made us that made that like not available to us that made our parents not available to us and that's like that's the that's the real problem like we were saying earlier like what are the conditions that led to this happening and those are the always the conditions never get talked about, you know. Yeah. And then we blame ourselves, like we right. like, and we're like, why can't you adapt? Mm-hmm. Like you're not adaptable. Therefore, like it's your problem. You're the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, maybe I don't want to adapt to y'all. Like, 
stupid ass unnecessary ass ways of living like right right like exactly exactly and that's not the only way to do shit I'm not <laughs> tired my child's tired well right. some of them not right <laughs> exactly oh I I really want to thank you for sharing that that personal experience of working in those spaces and in your family's experience as well. Um, I hope, I, I, I'm certain that people listening are getting a lot out of this for sure. Um, I guess I wanna be respectful of your time because it is a Saturday. Um, but in closing, one of the things that I also wanted to talk to you about, this is like a huge pivot. <laughs> like, you're just like, skirt. Okay, <laughs> keep, keep them on their toes, Amber. Keep them on their toes. <laughs> we're going to go here, and then we're going to go here. <laughs> Not as content. <laughs> yeah. And you know, also, this is like just on freestyling here. So. <laughs> Hey. I'm getting better at this though, these these non-question conversations. But um, um, so I want to talk to you about just closing on identity mm-hmm. and um and Latinidad and unpacking that and like all of the problems with Latinidad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And also, like, feeling, like, also, I don't know, because, you know, Latinidad being, like, being in the diaspora and feeling like that's the primary source of connection to your identity, but then also recognizing, like, all of the fucking problems within it and, like, how, how have you felt pride in your identity without leaning into like the toxic things, the toxic factors of Latinidad? I think one of like the best ways that I've been able to do that is just recognize that oppression does not only exist in the United States and that like a lot of our home countries are riddled with all sorts of like infrastructural societal cultural like issues that a lot of times they didn't choose for themselves Mm -hmm. like done to them or like the conditions were made in a certain you know Mm -hmm. um so it's like just lifting that up and just knowing that it's like at the end of the day latinidad one it's a social construct two it's not it's not a nationality it's not even a race because to be Latino, can you can really truly be anything. You just have to be Latin American. Like, or, you know, whatever we've said is now Latin America. Um, and it's like, there's Black Latinos. There's white Latinos. There's indigenous Latinos. Or, or just indigenous people that were already there. Like, um, and it's like, anti-Blackness. That shit there too. Right. So like, they black people exist there too. And queer people exist there too. Like, mm-hmm. and like all these identities, all these issues, 
we're just as complex as y'all you know like mm -hmm. um and like I love my culture and I will always use that to center myself to ground myself like I feel like with it without it I'd be lost and I feel like it is truly what makes me myself what makes me like unique authentic and like I fucking love it I'm Mexican as fuck like and I will rep that shit till the day I die but you know I will not ever turn around and be like Mexicans can't be problematic or we can't perpetuate oppression or injustice or discrimination because we do it all the fucking time and a lot of times you know privilege and you know class and like shit does play a role because who are typically the rich who's typically the elite who makes that up in our in our home countries it ain't the dark-skinned people well, okay. it, like it's white people it's white people it's white Latinos. <laughs> like we have to come to terms with it's like we're not latinos and then there's white people there's black like no that's not true like weird can be anything so it's like just because you're a latino doesn't mean one you with you for latinos or like you know whatever or even if you are like it doesn't mean you you yourself don't have all sorts of like internalized like isms and like problematic shit so it's like anti-blackness is a deep rooted issue in latin america and it's all a result of colonialism and slavery because we, latin america also had a lot of slaves brazil i think had the most slaves that are like at the whole continent um so it's like we need to stop like dancing around that like it didn't happen we need to re learn our histories and and know that it's not just the three fucking paragraphs you got in your little raggedy ass uh third third time handed down textbook uh it's it's so much richer deeper like interesting and like dark than like a lot of us think or like know so it's like i feel like we have a lot of learning to do and you know, we can't be claiming solidarity with like black people and be out here perpetuating anti-blackness. Like that's just not gonna work. And like, and at that point, you're just using black people to push your agenda forward. And that's not, that's not how we're gonna do shit. That's not how we're gonna liberate ourselves. Right. Um, and I don't know, it's just there's there's a lot of things. I mean, I love it. Our food fucking smack. Our music fucking smack. We got rhythm. You know, like we can't be beat. But um, you know, we we still got a lot of shit that we gotta figure out and a lot of conversations that need to be had within our own families, communities. Um yeah. Perfect. Chef's kiss, just <laughs> right on the money. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to add. <laughs> you just said it all. <laughs> hey, I try, I try. Oh, you know. And that's another goal of this project. Like I want to have more of those conversations because I feel like even non-Latinx people like just don't like you're saying they get this like three paragraph history of Latin America and like it's just then they be perpetuating shit and they be <laughs> about yeah. things that they don't even know about you know what I'm right. saying and I'm like okay let's stop clearly we all need some like re-education about like 
Black America as a whole, yeah, in ourselves and and who are we in relation to each other and breaking down like race and ethnicity because I feel, yeah, people, it's all, it's all. um, You just use it to stratify us. Yeah, yeah. It's a tool of capitalism. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It got us good. They got really, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> it has us fucked up. And like it, it has yeah. the world fucked up. It has the world fucked up in a way that like we can't really like be out here building transnational solidarity in real ass ways because we're so we don't know who we are, you know? And that's that's a hindrance. And we, we don't have time for that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, you're right you're right like y'all we we only got so much time mm-hmm. it's like the, the more time we spend twiddling our thumbs mm-hmm. and like oh, reform or like should mm-hmm. we get, or maybe not you know like i don't know whatever y'all political ideology is mm-hmm. i just know that this shit ain't cute and it hasn't been cute for a while and a lot of people have known that and have fought their whole lives or have literally lost their lives fighting for justice and liberation so it's like if you if you say you about it do something about it get involved get into local politics run for office like we need more people in there because we just uh, we're trying to appeal to bitches that don't give a fuck about us like Mm -hmm. gotta be the bitches making those decisions Mm -hmm. um and just like oh read a book I mean, yeah, I know it's hard to read, but watch a movie, documentaries, you know, whatever way you can get yeah. more information, like, and I know, like, sometimes it's not accessible, so, you know, this is, like, you know, be conscious of that, but it's, like, if you can, like, you know, try to learn some stuff, and once you do, like, take that, like, use that, like, right. you know? Right. Listen to a podcast. Listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amy, Simi podcast. (laughs) Amber Delgado. This has been so fucking good. I knew it would be. I knew you would come with the fire, bitch. I fucking knew. I gotta have you on again on some real Uh, shit. Like that's that's indefinite. Like that will that will absolutely happen. Thanks, Wu. I wanna like do more video, some, maybe not like this, but we should do something again because it's, it's been a minute. So I hey. yes, yes. Okay. I definitely gotta see you again. I'll be hitting you up. Um let's do something. Yeah. Okay. Is there any like closing thoughts that you have? Anything I didn't ask you about that you wanna just like share real quick? Mm, I can't think of nothing. That's okay. But I do wanna ask you a question. Yeah. Absolutely. I like Nicki Minaj last, <laughs> last night, two nights ago on that live. But anyway, um, let me think. Let me think. Mm, what are you reading right now? Ooh. And why? And why you fucking with it so heavy? Honestly, I am so off my reading game. It's it's embarrassing. Like I really need to get back on it. Is it though? You be reading like one a week. No, it, it is. It is not recently. 
but um so something i've been reading for a minute that's taking me forever to finish is this book called carceral carceral capitalism by jackie wang and i fuck with this book heavy so far because she's really talking about how like she's talking a lot about debt in this country and how like designed debt debt is into like criminalizing poor people and how it succeeds in criminalizing poor people and how like credit in this country is so fucked and they really want you to have credit so they can fuck you over the social construct yes. <laughs> i don't need why well, i mean that white man paperwork i need that white man bitch. i need credit for it bitch. bitch if i got money in my pocket it's so wild and just how like i said how connected that is with like the prison industrial complex mm. and it's just i didn't even know like she talks about how like yeah like just like having u.s citizenship like you're just like instantly without choice like you're in that system of like credit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's a you have to participate in that shit you can't be off off the grid no it's so wild and you can be persecuted yeah yeah yes so i don't know the whole like ownership of of land mm. and property not fucking with that. Yeah, let me just exist. Right. right. <laughs> eat all the right. <laughs> what about you? What have you been reading? You think you've been off your game? I've been a little, <laughs> I've been a little off too. Um, I mean, whenever I'm like just really bad at committing to a book. Same. Like I like read a little bit. I'm like, ah, this is. That's why anthologies be hitting. Yeah. Um, I, I have been reading some HP Lovecraft like okay. short stories. Um, but he was racist as fuck and oh. fuck him. Um, but <laughs> some interesting concepts, which is sad. Like this, that's how I have to navigate life. I'm like, as somebody that appreciates horror, I'm like, mm. I'm gonna read them, I'm gonna know, but right. I, I will never fuck that dude. He could choke. Yeah. Um, you, buy, you buy his books at the used bookstore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might not buy another one. This one just came into my possession. Oh, okay. Um, and now I'm thinking of the source. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, the book that I am reading though is uh, this one called "Our History Is the Future." Uh, let me show you. I've only read a little bit, but it, it's basically talking about like the struggle uh, during like the Dakota or the South Dakota Access Pipeline, yeah, um, like encampment and shit, but also all the history like before then and just mm-hmm. how like indigenous people have been getting fucked by the U.S. government since mm-hmm. them bitches got here or just and the ways exactly as you were talking about through paperwork, through agreements, through treaties that weren't respected through like uh, land developments or the buildings of dams and like flooding shits and like all whatever kind of weird kooky funky ass logistical way you could think of fucking somebody over they was doing it to them Mm -hmm. Um, and this is like an actual like indigenous person like talking about that 
it kind of hit I need to I need to actually like finish reading it though yeah I've heard about that I've heard good things about it as well um yeah that's awesome I need to check that out um oh go ahead no uh Oh, I was also going to say, and it also just like emphasizes like climate justice and how that's really like one of the most literal, like important shit like that we anybody could be like thinking about. And it impacts us mm-hmm. the most, the hardest mm-hmm. right now. Right. Or right. like. Facts. It's a team. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, and also one more thing before we go, do you want to plug your social media handles for people to follow you? Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, my Instagram is at anthromex, so like anthro, like anthropology, and then mex, like M-E-X, Mexican, you know. Um, and I also have an art and illustration page called anthromex studio, so y'all can follow me there i'm i've been weak on my game for a long time but the hope is one day i'm gonna go hard or sometimes i'm gonna go hard and if you want to see that um y'all can see it on here yes i feel that i feel that you know just creativity comes when it comes that's exactly. okay. That, it can be okay. You know? exactly. Yeah, like you don't got to. Like if you don't, you know, like it's okay. If it ain't there, you ain't gonna make something just because, you know, that's that's capitalism that tells you that. If there ain't some, yeah, if some if there ain't a result at the end, yeah, you waste your time. And that's mm-hmm. that ain't it. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for being on. Like, I'm so excited to post this episode. This episode was good as fuck. Like, I just, uh, well, I'm so hype about it. Thanks <laughs> for even like thinking of me or like, cool. I didn't even know what I was like going to talk about, but I just have the like utmost respect for you and like everything you do. You are a person that like you, you live what you speak and like your values like I'm not confused about them at all like you know like and you're not scared to like just live your live your truth and like just be a bad bitch as you as you're doing it like so I just love you a lot and I love all your work and I just whatever you put out whenever you decide to put it out it's gonna be golden so everybody follow Drupla (laughs) on Instagram and all her other pages because she got a few um but she's a brilliant person um as y'all already know because y'all been following along so thank you so much Tito I love you so much like truly I can't you. You. I really fucking you know it's been a it's been a minute it's yes minute. Yeah. I feel like we're coming up on almost 10 years like uh, <laughs> we gotta do something right we gotta, we gotta wear the same fit from the first day that we met oh my god recreate that moment yeah that was, i will never forget that day i'll, just, <laughs> I'll never forget that was fun wait i did want to ask you one more thing before the last thing how how that fenty hitting oh the lingerie or the makeup both oh. 
I love Rihanna sponsor me. I cannot recommend Fenty enough. Like the makeup. I bought I recently bought the Shea Butter um, mm. that she has on, on her website, the Shea Butter Lotion. That shit is so moisturizing. Mm. It's like more moisturizing than cocoa butter. Oh like, what's she doing? Who's she consulting with? Dead ass. You know how sometimes you put on lotion and you don't be feeling moisturized like hours later, you gotta reapply. This shit will have me moisturized the entire day. <laughs> and where your check at? I mean, fuck. It's a royalties. And the lingerie just Always, always hitting, always hitting. Yeah. I like low key. I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I feel like I would, I would want to start an OnlyFans for like pictures, like mm-hmm. this like tasteful like lingerie. <laughs> I don't know. That might be the move because I'm not fucking with academia. <laughs> that should be. Gutting, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I just want to be hot and talk mm-hmm. about shit I care about. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could be academic <laughs> at night, it's like, you know, like, whatever. But it's like, you know, like, do something else. I do both. Yeah, exactly. As you are doing. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and <clears throat> I get a page out of your book as well. You do so much. Are you still out here bad as fuck in everything you do? So <laughs> <laughs> I'm I like, it could be me too. <laughs> I try. I try. It's it's, it's hard because I'm like, what do, what do I focus on? Yeah. But yeah, we'll figure it out. Are you dancing tonight? No, not tonight. They they weird. They only do Thursdays. Oh. And sunday well one of the spots it depends sometimes i've been doing drag shows oh okay. um, so whenever they have a show they just let me know yeah and well i hope you have a good rest of your weekend right. and Ooh. i will uh i'll definitely hit you up when i'm back in north carolina yes 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 let's have some fun and i'm finally gonna have my paper uh Okay. Do stuff. Okay. I hope I will too. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I got you. Oh. <laughs> I love you so much. Tell I people to say hey. Yes, I will. I'm about to call him. Okay. Hey. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.